Welcome to Strong Faith, Fit Life, the daily-ish podcast where we explore the intersection of faith and health to help you build, a st- build strength from the inside out. My name is Deborah. Welcome to the show. Episode 16, A Tale of Two Faiths. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the age of wisdom. It was the age of foolishness. It was the season of light. It was a season of darkness. We had everything before us and we had nothing before us. I love the opening to Charles Dickens' A Tale of Two Cities. Dickens really understood people and the times and complexities of humans. I love, I really do love the opening of this one because it's set in 1775. It actually is over a period of time for the whole book, Uh, but it's showcasing France and Great Britain as France begins their march towards the reign of terror. And that's definitely the worst of times. Of course, we all know that in 1775, uh, and if you're a Marine Corps family like we are, we all know 1775, my Marine Corps came alive because Great Britain was actually also at war. They were managing their own situation politically in the colonies, which were you know, found here in America. And, but it wasn't impacting them on their shores. And the reality is we all face our own battles. They're either directly in our path or indirectly in our path. Some of those battles are internal and they're fraught with anxiety and fear and uncertainty. And it's a duality of struggles. We have things that are going well in our lives and we have things that are not going well. We may be in a great period of joy coming off of a deep period of sorrow. It's never all the best of times and it's never all the worst of times. But oftentimes our faith gets shaken and we find ourselves at different peaks and valleys. And you know what? We can be shaken even in our highs, not just our lows. Don't think that you can't. People definitely are. For most of us though, we are generally challenged when things come before us in a new way. That sometimes can mean a good thing. It can be a beneficial thing too. Just because it's beneficial doesn't mean that it, your body and your mind is able to wrap yourself around it. It can be a challenge. It can actually challenge your faith. Um, we're challenged always. This is not something, our faith is never to be set on the easy button. It's never to be set on autopilot. It's not something that we can just push the button and expect somebody else to do it for us. Faith is an action. And so that means we have to be actively working at it. Um, I will say though, that most of the time when something new comes before us, generally speaking, um, we have challenges generally, most of us would notice them at our lows. Even though I mentioned that you can have challenges at your highs, the reality is you can also have challenges at your lows or the re- you can have, challenge- you have challenges at your lows, but you can sometimes have challenges at your highs. But the, really, the question actually becomes, doesn't matter when the challenge arises at all, not at all. What really matters is how to get through it. So it's a tale of two faiths. You can have a strong faith. Uh, my favorite example is like the Shunammite woman and she had a strong faith and she just rested in that belief. And then some of us have faith that you know needs to grow to the size of a mustard seed and we get challenged because we've been told if you just had that much faith, you might actually see something change. And I'm gonna tell you a tale of my two faiths. Uh, in the late 1980s, Yes, I'm dating myself at this point. We traveled to the UK or Great Britain to visit family. Um, My mother is from there. And I have to tell you guys, it was one of the absolute 
best vacations I've had. We visited Big Ben and the Tower of London. We visited Warwick Castle. We lived on a canal boat. We worked all the locks like you've all and in the canals like you would back in the Industrial Revolution. We went to Stratford-upon-Avon, which is Shakespeare's home. We traveled to Stonehenge and we saw the famous Salisbury Cathedral where they house one of the copies of the Magna Carta. It was an amazing place. In fact, we even stayed at this fantastic thatch-roofed cottage called um, in a location called Lime Ridges, which is near the cliffs. It's not in Dover, but it is in those larger cliffs. It's further um, west. And that was one of the places we'd studied in homeschool. We'd studied because we were learning about Mary Anning and she had discovered, fo discovered fossil remains that actually still hang in the British Museum today. And when we came home from that amazing trip, my father immediately lost his job. And we entered a time in what I refer to as a period of great hardship. And as a kid, you don't really know how hard the hard times are, you just know that they exist. Um, but things were definitely challenging. And as an adult, I will say that my, during that period of time, I actually didn't have any problems with my faith. As a young kid, I had parents that had a very strong faith. We had a church that rallied behind my family. They did a lot of stuff for us. But as an adult, I actually found that I had a little bit of underlying subtext that snuck up on me whenever something went well. Remember I told you you can be challenged in your highs? Well, every time we had something good happen, I would have fear that came along, alongside that. And it took me a long time to understand that I was having a challenge of faith because I was waiting for something negative to happen. So anytime something happened, guys, like whether it was a house purchase or it was a trip or a win in work, it didn't really matter. I had this underlying fear that the rug would be swept out from under us. And I really struggled in the good. So I really struggled with the blessings. The hardship was comfortable. The hardship for me was comfortable. It was known. I know how to survive through that. I knew how to get through it. But when something good happened, I didn't know what to do with that. And that is an area in which I actually had to work really hard to grow my faith. And I found this verse and I really like it. I kind of talked about mustard seeds earlier. Matthew 17, 20 through 21 says, for truly I tell you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to the mountain, move from here to there and it will move for nothing will be impossible for you. And you know that God is good and in the good, he's good in the good and he is good in the bad. Um, and letting go of those challenges in that fear is where faith shows up. Now, I know you guys are like, oh, you had good things happening to you. So why were you so worried? Well, patterns exist in our lives, all of us. We all have these patterns that exist in our lives. Whether they're good patterns or bad patterns, we have them. And what our response is depends on the situations that accompany to those situations, okay? So we can't pick on someone when they are panicking about something that's good, good going in their life because they have an underlying fear. And we absolutely should not pick on anybody who's having a panic because they have something bad going on and they haven't ever seen this before. Um, there's two, we can look at the world in many different ways. And I just wanna remind you guys, Faith is something that you have to actively work on. If you're ready to take control of your health and align it with your faith, then head over to Facebook and join the community group at Strong Faith Fit Life. That's Strong Faith Fit Life. Okay, back to the show. So I will say, though, the funny thing about that particular job loss, because I'm talking about that same situation, 
is it really taught me a lot about faith. Now, I will say I struggle with when something good happens, right? Because I have that underlying fear. But what I really learned is that when money was tight and when money was short, God showed up. And he showed up in very miraculous ways. Sometimes those ways were provided in uh, envelopes of money uh, in our mailbox. We didn't know where that came from. Sometimes it was just a meal because somebody felt like they needed to make two meals and they brought one by. And sometimes it just showed up in the form of people who were willing to let someone do something. Like my dad worked at a pizza company and that's a whole other story. I'll share that with you guys another time, but he did work for a pizza company and he worked the last shift of the night. And instead of encouraging him, instead of throwing away the food that was open, that only keeps for the day, um, they would actually give it to my dad and my dad was able to make pizza and bring it home. So again, now we're being fed through a job. So a kindness through a job. They could have said, no, we're just going to throw it away and you can't have it. But instead they shared that with us and God provided through each and every one parts of those steps. So I can see God in the hard times and I can see him when I know he's going to work. And the reality is when you have these patterns of behaviors, you begin to just wait for, and you wait with unexpected, an unexpectedness. You're looking for an unexpectedness to come along. You're not looking for an answer in the way you view it to be. You're just waiting for an answer. Um, and I will say as an adult, I found comfort always in the hard times because I knew from past history that God always provided. It definitely always didn't look, didn't always look like what we wanted. I'm going to be honest with you guys. It didn't, it was definitely not comfortable, but I knew he would provide and he always has. If anyone has ever done a network marketing company, one of the things that you know that before you start earning money in the company is they will tell you to borrow the belief of those who are successful. And I actually really like this lesson because the reality is we actually do the same when it comes to our faith. If we can't see how God is working in our lives, we can borrow from our we can borrow the faith of people who have gone before us. And this is actually one of the reasons why we as Christians are supposed to stay in community with each other, um, because we are supposed to see what God is doing for other people and know that he will also provide for us. We can also, if we do not necessarily have a wonderful community around us, well, guess what? You can dig into your Bible and you can find people. Now, while their situation may not be the same as yours, you can see where God was faithful and you have to, and remember, that he is the same yesterday, today, and always. And when you see this faith with showing up in the Bible, how he showed up in cases like Sarah, um, in cases like Abraham, right? God told him he would have a son, told Sarah she'd have a child very late in life. She did. Um, so you see promises being fulfilled. And I will say this, one of my favorite places, I mentioned her earlier, it to rest is with the Shunammite woman. She's actually found in 2 Kings 4, 8 through 37. I will not read you all the verses, um, but she really wanted a child, really wanted a child. And Elisha, the prophet, came and told her that she would have one. And I love her response. She's like, don't mess with me. I don't have the energy. I don't have the, I just don't have the strength for you to mess with me. And Elijah was like, no, no, you're definitely going to get a, a child. And God did provide. Um, and then eventually the child was stricken. And I'm not sure what he was stricken with because the description is he was just stricken and he died. Um, and then this is my favorite part of the whole story. She basically said, don't mess with me. And Elijah said, yep. And she went, okay, check I believe button. She just literally checks the I believe button. And then she sees that child, what was it, gift from God. And the child passes away. 
And she instead runs to Elijah the prophet who told her she was going to have the child. And instead of freaking out and just like literally being like, oh my gosh, this is going to be, this is horrible. How could you do this to me? Like you gave me this child that you promised and you took him away. I love her response. Elijah's servant sees her coming and actually says like, basically what's going on? And she's like, and he's like, is all well? And she was like, yes, all is well. But she was clearly in great distress because the verse tells us so. And still she responded with the words, all is well. And I love her for this. I really do. Because we get that it's not all well. But she was choosing faith. And I want to make this very clear. I am not talking about toxic positivity, finding the positive and the spin and the ugly story. Like, she was not faking her way to the finish line. Not at all. In fact, it was just, this is just a simple act of faith. She was choosing. I'm going to choose that everything is going to be well. But even in her great distress, she says that. But if she doesn't just go, oh, well, because God, because I think it's going to be well, you know, this is just a problem for another day or, oh, we'll get through this. No, no, none of that toxic positivity nonsense. No, no. Simple faith. But the simple faith doesn't preclude her from actually pouring out her heart to Elijah the prophet. And I think this is one of the most pivotal parts. We're not talking toxic positivity. We're talking a choice of faith. She said, all is well, and I'm going to pick that all is well. But here is my problem, and here is what is going on, and I need you to hear it. And guys, toxic positivity doesn't leave room for this broader scope of allowing that distress to come through. It's trying to turn that distress into something positive. This is not what we see here. We see her choosing her faith. We see her telling Elisha what's going on, and then basically being like, okay, how are you going to fix it? You, you made me this promise. God fulfilled the promise and provided. You've taken it away. I believe that everything is going to be fine. Go and fix it. I just, I love this. I will say, I, I really like it. Um, her story ends beautifully, but we know this is not always the case for everybody. Okay. Not everybody in the Bible ends up with the best story. There are plenty of sad endings. And I will say, I admire the Shunammite woman's great faith because we are in the, when we're in the valleys, we pour our hearts out to God, knowing that in the end, somehow all will be well, if even if it's not what we thought it would be. Even if it's not what we thought it would be, okay? So maybe her son was gone, and that had been the end. And I think she still would have said all would be well, and she would have to see what God provided from her, for her from there. Um, and like I said, her story does end beautifully. There are plenty of stories that do not end so beautifully. And we can see where God shows up in those stories. And we can see that the story is written differently than we would expect, but there is a beauty to it. And I want to make sure that you guys are clear. Like, this is not a toxic positivity thing here. This is not a sunshine and roses. This is a deep, heartfelt, extreme bit of just struggle that the Shunammite woman went through. So, and I will say this, it's always a tale of two faiths. Some days we have strong faith like the Shunammite woman. And there are days when we can barely collect enough faith to be the size of a mustard seed. But it is there in those two faiths where God meets us. Hey, if you enjoyed the show, don't forget to follow the show so you can get notified when I drop a new episode. You can also join me in the Facebook group, Strong Faith Fit Life. I hope to see you there. Until next time, bye.